Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Michael Webb. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really excited to see you on Facebook. I, I got to say, Michael, those uh, the, the, I just saw the, the books right away when you were holding them in that, the group that we share, and I was just like, click, yep. I was like, follow. <laughs> I sent the Facebook message right away, and then you know, I was going to check out, you know, some of the, you know, things that you had posted and stuff like that. And I was just like, yep, we got to get this guy for the podcast. So <laughs> really that's, that's the power of a good, the good book cover. It's, yeah. a, it's well, a powerful it, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we keep talking on here about, you know, that, that powerful book cover that brings you in. And I, I mean, I was originally going to be a, um, I want to be an illustrator. So I just, I love art. I love book covers. Yeah. Um, you know, and we talked about how, you know, the demographics and things like that and what a book, you know, a good book cover does. Um, but then I have to say though, going immediately to, you know, your, your book descriptions, your book blurbs, um, I, I was immediately hooked right there. And we, I just keep trying to mention that to people that between the, you know, the cover, uh, you know, and the book blurb, and I actually really liked your layout, you know, like just in general, um, mm-hmm. I felt like it was very aesthetically pleasing. It just made me feel like you were organized, you know, and if somebody's organized with, you know, publishing their product to me, it just seems like they're going to be much more organized writing their product. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but I really liked your blurbs and descriptions. I, that was really what sold me. I was like, okay, we, we got to get them. So I was really happy to <laughs> get on today. So, uh, and like I said, we'll start in right with that first question. So I'll go ahead and tell us about yourself and what has your writing journey been like up until this point? Cool. Uh, well, uh, my name is Michael Webb. I, uh, live in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, I'm married. I got a son who's 13, um, I only recently picked up writing. Uh, I graduated with a degree in marketing, computer science, and math. So the exact opposite of writing, <laughs> you know, the whole left brain, right brain thing. Yeah. I think I've got it mixed up somewhere, uh, just finding that creativity side. Uh, Cause I'm much more of an Excel math numbers type of person. Um, but yeah, I, I studied that. I've been working for a wholesale distribution company for, since I graduated college. So like 20 years. Uh, I manage a shared purchasing center with them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, once I, I got into writing, uh, I you know, kind of started crafting a story, not really sure where that was going to go. And uh, I published my first book uh, this past April, April 2021, uh, which was awesome. It was so exciting. It's a huge feat. Uh, never never would have seen myself doing something like that. Um, but it's been great. It, it kind of, uh, first it was just selling some to friends and family, and then it kind of took off. Uh, Amazon gave it a life of its own, and uh, I worked hard on the second book, which uh, published uh, just this past week, actually, at the beginning of December, um, and I'm working on book three right now. So it's basically going to be a trilogy, a uh, young adult epic fantasy trilogy, and uh, I'm, I'm super pumped getting it out there. Uh, it's been great to see all the different people reaching out, uh, contacting me online from other countries, even I have no clue who they are and you get to see reviews that they'll leave online. And it's, uh, it's really encouraging and kind of surprising in a way of, wow, that, you know, I wrote something and put it out there and some random person's picking it up and enjoying it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's been really cool. It's been quite the journey. Yeah. And then of course, guys, Michael, you know, gets random guys asking him to be on their podcast and things like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, it's interesting to me because, you know, again, when I was looking at, you know, your book description and genre and things like that, I just thought it was interesting because I had literally just re-listened to, um, I'm trying to get Lindsay Broker um, on really soon. And they have like their um, uh, fantasy sci-fi marketing podcast that they turn into the, mm. the Six Figures podcast, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Lindsay. Um, but 
we were, I was just re-listening to one of their old episodes where they talked about how hard it was to get into young adult. Um, mm. you know, and I'm listening to Michael R. Fletcher, Rob J. Hayes, Dirk Ashton, Jed Hearn at the Wizards Word and Words podcast. They said the same thing. So I just thought it was so funny where then I'm looking at your sales and everything. And I'm like, well, apparently Michael's got what we need. And we haven't had a lot of young adult come on yet. So I was really happy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, there's a specific audience. But young adults are interesting because it's not just young adults. It's not, you're not selling to middle schoolers and high schoolers. You're selling from ages 12 up till 90. Uh, most of my readers are adults and I enjoy reading young adult myself. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, just kind of takes off. And, you know, now I'd mentioned it before I sold 15,000 copies now, uh, in the last what, eight months or so. Um, and, you know, a lot of that's Kindle unlimited, a lot of eBooks, you know, then paperbacks, hardbacks, uh, some, yeah, I sell some in person to like, uh, local, uh, events like craft events and stuff i'll go do author signings and actually have some book uh uh, sorry some school visits coming up uh going to visit some some local middle schools around in the area which i found absolutely eat them up uh they 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 read them in about a day (laughs) even though they're like that thick (laughs) yeah yeah um but uh, it's fine. I'll go you know, talk with schools about the craft of writing and what it means to be an author and, you know, give give them a chance to buy a book and get a picture taken with them. And so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to those coming up. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. And I just think it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of um, people that I've heard, have, you know, people have said, oh, we wonder if this will work. You know, a lot of people haven't tried it um, that I've listened to. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, this is probably a really good idea. And I, I do agree with you. I think that, that that's that's I just feel like just getting kids involved in reading. I. I'm a teacher. So a lot of my kids are like, when's your book coming out? Like, you know, this or that. Like, well, it's <laughs> yeah. not really young adult. Like, I guess you could read it at 14. I don't really put, you know, anything inappropriate in to really yeah. make this about sci-fi and the world building. But yeah, I agree with you. I, right. I will fly through a young adult book and some of them now, I think young adults mm-hmm. kind of like indie publishing, right? Where has a different hmm. meaning now than it used to so yeah like almost they, they don't care where the book came from yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just like reading books <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah which is good yeah. right because yeah just eat them up and then you can do another trilogy and just keep going to be like, I like uh-huh <laughs> yeah definitely oh that's really cool uh so book uh oh, oh yeah yeah obviously in question two here tell us more about your books obviously i read hmm. the you know the script okay. and things like that but another audience know and I'll let them know exactly what, you know, I was thinking that I really liked about it. Yeah. So uh, The Last Shadow Knight is the first book. That's what I published in April. The whole, the whole trilogy is the Shadow Knights trilogy. Um, so the and then the one that just came out is Rise of the Shadow. Um, it's uh, young adult epic fantasy and it's your classic good versus evil battle. Uh, you know, it's got the chosen one themes in there. It's got these secret society. It's got the people who, you know, train with it's a lot of sword fighting a lot of action adventure a lot of twists and turns um but i focus a lot on character building uh you know taking characters through this journey of how do they start how do they end and this there's one main character but there's really three um you know mostly main characters and i I try to make it as this uh interesting examination of where do they start in their life and they're all they're all young adults you know they they start a little younger they progress as the as the course of the story goes Um, but they all, they grow up in different places. Like one of them is kind of living on the streets in this medieval setting because it's fantasy world. So of course it's medieval and there's castles and stuff. Um, and then one of them is actually two of them are uh, son, a son and a daughter of these Lords of the, the city. So they're coming up in money 
But what I examine is the impact of the people in their lives and the influences they have and how over the course of the trilogy, how that affects their lives and changes their decisions and who they end up becoming. Uh, I, I really wrote it, uh, the story for my son as a way to give some uh, an example of what does it mean to work hard towards something? You know, to, to be in a situation and have things not come easy and to, you know, to push yourself and train and practice and to have this incredible, massive goal that seems impossible that you work hard toward and then you're able to excel at it through that hard work. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. I, I try to weave some, some positive messaging through it, but at the heart, it's just an adventure story. You know, it's, uh, it's meant to be fun. It's a very easy read. Uh, you know, like my, my son read it in like a day and a half, uh, you know, and he, he's already begging me for book three, even though I'm only <laughs> in the first draft of it. He's like, yeah, just let me read it. I know. Give, give me, give me some time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of the, uh, the genre range it's in that harry potter aragon rangers apprentice uh you know percy jackson kind of that yeah so all that um all those type of books and i find a lot of those people who enjoy those really enjoyed my books and uh, i'm i'm looking forward to uh what comes after this because i've got all these ideas brewing in my head of uh, where to go from here well that's super cool i just i thought it was interesting because um you know i'm reading reviews and things and it's just, again, so funny when I'm listening to old, older podcasts and things. And now these are like, you know, three, four years old. And they're talking about the chosen one and how that doesn't work anymore. And then I was listening to another one where they're like, yeah, everything comes back around. And I just think it's funny, though, because I think a lot of people discount the fact that, like, you know, like I was given certain books by my uncle, you know, fantasy and sci-fi and then uh-huh. for something different. But then I had gotten into these older books, you know, and then I was looking for something different because I liked these books. And I just mm-hmm. think it's funny because I think we forget, especially with young adult, you know, like I think you have a really good thing going. You get the people coming and going, right? You get these newer readers who have never experienced anything like that, or maybe very few because right. there's not a lot of John Flanagan, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, you know, Percy Jackson's, things like that, you know, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of people forget that that's where a lot of readers start. And then, you you know, again, you said, right, you have your whole length of the spectrum, yeah. people that want to go back and remember those. Those are some of the best books, you know, where those types of themes and adventure and things like that. You know, I'm a big Forgotten Realms fan, mm-hmm. Dragonlance. And, you know, I, I think I think it's a good spot that you're in because you're going to get people coming and going uh, within the genre. Right. nostalgia, Or it's new for people, you know, and then they're going to, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you have to write and, you know, find those older titles that, you know, we all, you know, maybe really enjoy and things like that. So I think that's a really yeah. good strategy that you have going there. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's super cool. And I like those themes too. I, as a teacher, obviously, I'm like, please, we need more themes mm-hmm. like that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for question three here. So, what made you decide to start writing? Um, it, it's funny because uh, I turned 40. And uh, for me, it kind of became a, a bucket list thing. Oh, cool. uh, I'd never written anything. I, I was not a writer. I, I despised writing when I was younger. Like in school, you get a writing assignment. I'm like cringing, like, ah, oh, okay, how many words, how, how, how wide can I space these lines <laughs> to get as few words as possible? Uh, I, I didn't like it at all. Um, two little names, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John Claude. Change the font size. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, um, but, I, but I'm big at setting goals and uh, trying to like, like setting a bucket list thing of like uh, a while ago, I decided I wanted to run a marathon. So it was like, a, I've, I, I kind of got into running just casually on my own. And I thought, Hey, it'd be cool to run a marathon. Like, all right, if I'm going to do this, 
I better do it now because it's not going to get easier the older I get. So I looked out six months and picked a date and signed up for it and trained for it. And that was the first race I ever ran was wow. a marathon. So, because uh-huh. um, I thought that would be that'd be a cool thing to check off a list. Yeah, yeah. And I saw writing the same way. Uh, I thought, well, I, I always loved reading. Uh, huge reader uh, ever since I was little. Um, I love how you can read a story and it just, you know, it's all the interesting bits. Like, I love moments and stories. Like, uh, like in the way of Kings, when Kaladin's training bridge four and they're uh, like kind of growing, it's like, man, I just get so pumped up at that. Or like, uh, like in hunger games and Katniss is going through her training, like shoots the apple out of the pig's mouth. I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. So it was like these, these moments and books that just like you know, make you feel awesome. It's like, I want to, I want to do that. Like I want to create my own moments that people read and get goosebumps from reading it. And I just thought that'd be amazing to be able to put something out there in the world. And, you know, I, I figured it would be like my couple of friends and family would buy yeah. it and that would be it. But I was fine with that. I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to put something out there and I'll get a handful, maybe 20, 30 people will read it. And, you know, they'll, they'll tell me they like it, you know, but of course they're, you know, my brother and my parents. And so, you know, you don't really know. Um, I just thought it'd be a fun thing to do. Uh, so that it became my bucket list thing. And, uh, when um, I, I quickly realized I was getting it over my head uh, as far as what I expected the effort would take. Because uh, you, you can't just spend a little bit of time writing and then get this finished product and then you're done. No, it's like the work starts after you write the book. Um, and, well, because what I realized was um, I, I didn't want to put something bad out there because it took so much work into getting that first draft done way more than I expected. Uh, but I, 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 you know, had the dedication, I would get up, I'd start writing on five fifteen in the morning. I'd spend an hour and a half, maybe two hours before work for my regular job. Um, so I would do that almost every day and sometimes on the weekends. And it took so much effort to get that first draft done, which I celebrated, but I realized if I am going to spend this much time, writing this draft, why don't I take that extra time to make it good? Yeah. Because it wasn't good. You know, it, like every first draft I have learned, every author, no matter how great you are, Stephen King famously has said this, every first draft is junk. Uh, and that's true. Uh, my, my first draft was. And so it was, um, I, I realized I had to put in that extra effort um, to, to kind of craft it into an actual story, a real book. Um, but hey, I just, I just thought it was fun. That was what I really started with was, all right, sounds like a cool thing. I'll write a book and, uh, you know, a few people will read it and be able to tell my own story. And that was cool. <laughs> and here you are like thousands of books later. That's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally, totally feel you on the, the draft one. I like spent all this time building this world for decades. And then I, I have probably like five or mm-hmm. six draft, like different stories. I've gotten like 20,000 and stopped. I, this year, last year, I was like, okay, I'm going to finish something. And I finished my first mm-hmm. draft. And then I was like, people are like, like, you know, I like, of course, I couldn't pick a point of view. So I have, you know, one hmm. chapter, one point of view. And then, of course, I had no idea where the characters were going to go. So now draft two, I'm just like, I'm redoing the entire outline. And Scott Odin, yeah. uh, I talked to him a lot and interviewed him twice. And he does like a 50-page outline. <laughs> for Wow. Like, yeah, and like, but I'm like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to do that. But I actually really started to re-outline everything, so I can be like, okay, this is a discrepancy, you know. 
And then I figured yeah. I, I'm trying to learn from my mistakes, but I definitely feel you there as yeah, draft one's mm-hmm. not going to be good. Everyone wants to read. I'm like, nope, wait till draft two. Draft two will be readable at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I definitely, definitely know that feeling. So I'm glad someone else had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this uh, fourth question here. So what was it like when you began? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Hmm. It was, uh, was kind of awkward at first, you know, because I, I didn't have a background in writing. I hadn't warmed up with short stories or anything else. And um, I really didn't even know if, if I could do it. Uh, so when I first set the goal, um, I thought, all right, I'll, I'll try this out. You know, I, I don't know that I can write a book or I, I didn't know if I put words on a paper and I read it back, does it sound so bad that, okay, this is just useless. Yeah. Um, so I, I started, but writing in fantasy, you, I, I felt you can't just start. You've got to do just a little bit of prep work. You know, even at a minimum, you got to start thinking through what's the world you're building do you you gotta have some idea of the story you're looking to tell? Now, there's plenty of authors that would argue, no, you don't need to do that. You can make it. I'm not a I'm not a pantser. I am very much okay. a plotter. I like to plan ahead. Uh, so I did a lot of work into the world building and even doing some research into stuff like sword fighting or you know, medieval life. What was it like? And so I spent a little bit of time doing that. Not a ton. I probably should have done more. Um, <laughs> but I first started writing and I remember I went out to uh went out to a restaurant, sat by myself, got my laptop up and uh, put down 2000 words or so. And uh, I'm like, all right, I got a chapter. What's it like? And I go back and I read it afterwards and like, you know what? It's not awful. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I I think I can do this. And that was what I was worried about is I I would read it back. I'm like, that is just the worst thing I have ever (laughs) seen in my life. There's no point in continuing on, but it wasn't that. Um, now if, if I were to say, have saved that very first draft of my first chapter and look back at it now, it was, I'm sure it was awful. Um, I just didn't know enough then to make that determination, but I felt at the time it was good enough. Um, but so what I did at the beginning was just, uh, I, I stumbled my way along, you know, chapter after chapter, you know, writing just, you know, word after word every day. Uh, plugging away and the the story kind of went all over the place you know because I hadn't I hadn't learned the craft very well uh, I've, I've been so much uh, learning since then uh, you know listening to podcasts and you know trial and error working with editors working with beta readers reading other books looking for certain things um, but that first time I'm just kind of like going here there and everywhere and jumping around <laughs> the story goes one direction now it's jumping out something like oh i can't do that and i'm info dumping all over the place you know <laughs> trying to uh, all these awful like passive voices and filtering words and yeah it was it was bad um but at the beginning I, I, that was fine you know i'm getting words on paper yeah. um just getting the story out there and that's what i learned is that uh, most of the writing comes after the story has been written or, you know if you're going to make it good at least um but that first part was it, it was it was exciting it was fun i loved the story creation part that's my favorite part of the whole process uh in, in writing a book is the just the raw creation of the story um and you know like i said you get those moments you know those exciting moments like it's like a like a big twist or you know a big moment where the main character does something great and like i'm like grinning while i'm writing it and i can't <laughs> wait for people to read it because like, oh this is this is going to get them right here uh ironically my my wife she's uh she had been busy she hadn't finished book two yet uh the one that just published <laughs> 
right before we got on the podcast, I hear this shriek from upstairs and she comes down the stairs and she's a, I can't believe what you just did. Like, I know what part she's reading, but just that response, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I built these characters. I'm telling the story. And she is like, like, I, like, how could you do this? This is awful. <laughs> Excuse me. But it's moments like that. That's, that's why I love telling stories is you create an emotional response in someone about the story that they're invested in. And uh, that was, you know, that's the fun of it for me. Yeah, that's super cool. I, I definitely agree with you. It's very unique. I, I like we actually, I was uh, just telling the kids like we do like these silly questions and stuff at the start of class to just to kind of emotionally check in with them. And I always like to throw them off. So I said, what's, uh, what's one movie that's made you cry? And they were like so into it. And I was surprised <laughs> at some of their answers. And we've done in the past, like, like what books made you emotional, you know, in some way, like has made you triumph or, you know, sad or, or something. Mm. And, um, I just think it's interesting to see what they say with movies too, because I consider that the same thing, right? Mm. Stories. So yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a unique thing. And I think of those, you know, you think of those books that you've read, you know, where the, it's been the same thing. So yeah, it's definitely, it's a unique thing, right? Mm. Where you take something in your brain and you make somebody feel an emotion for it. It's definitely, I, I, there's very yeah. few things, right? Other than art, I think, or dance, you know, um, that's mm. like writing. It's very, it's a very unique thing that we do, right? It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I hope that you make the rest of us shriek too with that spot in book two. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to message you too when I get there and I, I'm going to like just <laughs> uh, on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> they would just nice. be like Michael Scott nice. like yelling, no, no, no. Or something like that. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. this next one. Uh, did you publish yourself mm -hmm. or did you go through a traditional publisher? Mm. I I never even considered going through a traditional publisher. Because um, like I said, originally my goal was just, I'm just going to sell a few copies to friends and family. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I, I had no idea. No thought that my book would be good enough to be picked up by a traditional publisher. And I know from all the people I've talked with and stuff, you need to generally you need to find an agent, which is extremely difficult to get an agent to pick you up. And then if you get an agent, it's extremely difficult to get a publishing company to pick you up. And then if that all, you know, you hit the lottery and all that happens for a no name, first time author, best case scenario, that took you two years to accomplish that. So this impossible odds of something that's probably never going to happen. I don't want to wait two years to, or three years or four years to determine, okay, it's not going to happen. I just need to do it myself. Um, Cause my goal was, I just want to get the book out there. Um, so from day one, I always knew I wanted to do it myself. Um, and as, as I've gone over time, I've really learned that it's not like it used to be. It used to be everyone's goal was traditional publishing. And that was, you know, that you made it, uh, you know, that that's your stamp of approval, that your work is good. That's your chance of success. Because I think everyone's impression is if you get signed by a traditional publisher, they're going to make you famous. Yeah. They're going to do all this work and they're going to get your book in front of so many more people. But in reality, that's not the case. Uh, they sign people because, oh, they're, they have a, a mailing list following of 20,000 people already. They have this other platform where I know we're going to sell books with them. But ultimately, the traditional publisher makes most of the profit from your book. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to get picked up and I knew there's not that great benefit if I did. So 
I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to get the book out there. I'm not going to wait a couple of years for it to happen. Um, but uh, what I what I took, the, the approach I took is there's a lot that a traditional publisher brings to the table, which is they're going to edit it. They're going to cover design. They're going to at least help you or direct you in marketing. Um, so I just figured I need to get good on that myself. Uh, so I'm covering the costs myself. I'm finding the right people to the professionals to do those steps. Uh, Cause I knew if I'm going to make a good book uh, that I, I can't do those myself. I, I can't be my own editor. I can't design my own covers. Um, and I needed to learn a lot about marketing. Thankfully I have some background in marketing and business and how, you know, ways to reach out. And I think that's been a lot of success of the, the books uh, is a lot of that initial push I did to get the word out. Um, but I absolutely love indie publishing. It gives me all the control. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, and it's been great. And I get much higher royalties because of that. And you know, I have found that it's not been limiting to the reach I've had. Uh, yes, you, you sell less paperbacks as an indie author. You sell more eBooks, uh, but you know, 10,000 copies, 15,000 copies, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. You know, I, I would be making a fraction of what I'm making right now had I gone through a traditional publisher. So it's been a good choice. Well, it's just funny. I think it's it's like serendipity. I feel like that, you know, I stumbled. Well, I saw, you know, like you were advertising book two the other mm-hmm. day uh, with your posts um, in our mutual group because I was just listening to, um, oh, um, listen to some podcasts and they were talking about you know oh, i was listening to daniel green uh interview brandon sanderson um a while a couple years ago and i just thought it was i just thought it was really interesting um you know with they were talking about oh and will white was on um season two i was re-listening to and wizards words of words and he was talking about you know like getting on new york times bestseller list um for the mm-hmm. audiobooks and he was like talking about you know selling twenty thousand copies of one book um you know and most people don't know how much, you know, like how, like much, how many books that actually is. So I just thought it funny that I saw your post. Cause I was like, man, I was like, you got somebody selling 15,000 copies, you know, I don't care if it's three books, four books, five books, you know, and it's just, it's, it was just very interesting to me because I was just listening to them talk about that kind of thing. So yeah, that's uh, you know, bravo to you for whatever you're doing marketing wise or, you know, in these groups. So clearly it's working. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. Thanks. Right. Uh, oh, and if anybody's not understanding again, um, what I'm talking about here. So, you know, I met Michael through one of those mutual uh, Facebook groups. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned quite a bit, like a lot of the fantasy, sci-fi, horror, grimdark, uh, things like that. And Sean Crow and some other people like Mark Timoney had said, you know, like they go into these groups on Facebook and they'll say, hey, I got book one or book two or book three coming out. Um, and we've talked a lot on here about how that has been working more for them than Facebook ads. And of course, you know, you just have to find the right group and the right day to post and that's a free post. So, um, you know, yep. in the ones that we're looking at, some people, they want you to pay and things like that. So we're trying to steer people towards, you know, finding those groups where you could promote on those free days, because obviously indie publishing, like you said, you know, you eat all the costs. So it's nice to find those, you know, the <laughs> yeah. advertise. So you got to um, get creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I will be actually um, um, showcasing um, a later episode this month. Um, about those different groups. Um, so if you want to take a, actually a, a look at that podcast, uh, maybe you'll find some newer indie groups or something like that where you can actually advertise for free on certain days. So uh, that'll be for everybody up uh, just so you guys know in the audience. Uh, number six here, uh, again, doing the work yourself, what did it take to go from a first to a final draft? 
uh, a ton of work. <laughs> yeah, right. um, it was, I mean, like I said, the first draft was, it was rough, very rough. And I didn't even know how rough it was at the beginning. Um, but I knew I needed to revise it a lot. So I went to um, the, I read a couple books on editing. Uh, I read uh, Stephen King's on writing, which was extremely helpful. Another book on uh, um, edit, like a developmental editing. There's a book on that. Uh, and so I used those things and went back and attacked my, you know, the last shadow night, the first book, you know, went back and go through that. And like, Oh, I got to change this. Got to redo that. I got to do this. And spent a ton of time redoing it. I'm like, okay, now, now it's good. And in my mind, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so then, uh, I, I got with a few, uh, family members say, Hey, I, I got this out here. I'd love some feedback. You know, any of y'all interested in being, I called it alpha reader at the time. It's like, Hey, it's, it's still early but I'd love, you know, point out any plot holes or character issues. And so I had a couple of family members that helped with that. And it was good. They, they pointed out a lot of stuff, a lot of, especially plot things. I'm like, okay, this is, this doesn't make sense. They wouldn't have done that because of this. I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. Let me, let me tweak that and change it. Um, so I did a lot of changes and I'm like, all right, now, now it's good. Okay. So then I, I hired a developmental editor uh to help with that you know the story construction the character arcs the plot the pacing of the book uh say all right here here we go and uh they spent uh about a couple months going through it and coming back tore it up red pen i had fourteen thousand line edits to review wow. in the in the manuscript for the last shadow night uh which was i looked at that i'm like oh okay i can do this but I mean, it was rough, but it, it's, it's learning. It's like, that's my education on writing is okay. Why did they mark this out? Okay. I see that makes sense. Yep. I got to so file that in my head of, I got to look for those things when I, when I do that. Uh, so I painstakingly worked through it, made all the updates and edits and uh, added some new chapters, removed some other stuff. Um, and then th that editor, they were willing to do a second look. So there's a developmental edit and then I make my changes and then they look through it again to see right, cool. with the changes, what was it like? So I got a second round of developmental editing. Yeah. Um, and then I, I figured before I go to copy editing, which I wanted to be, that's going to last thing that's, you know, make everything formatted, to, you know, all the punctuation, grammar and everything. I wanted to get some more feedback and I almost skipped this step and I am so thankful I didn't, uh, but finding beta readers. Um, so these are, you know, the work, the work is just about done, but you're looking for some other people who enjoy reading in that genre to read it and give feedback, uh, kind of similar to my alpha readers, but it's just, it's a more polished version. Uh, so I reached out on Facebook, a few different groups, and I had four or five people that ended up beta reading oh, cool. and out of all the steps, this was probably possibly the most helpful, the most educational for me. Uh, cause again, a lot of them are writers because they're also in these groups looking for beta readers. And so they come back and again, tore it up. Like all these, this stuff like tell, uh, showing and not, or I'm telling instead of showing stuff, I'm uh, info dumping. That was a huge one. I cut almost the entire first chapter after feedback from my beta readers. <laughs> um, all these just awkward phrases and ways to rewrite things. And so I'm getting all these multiple different authors reviewing it and giving me feedback and I'm, I'm updating as I go. And I even did it in two rounds. So it was a, a few beta readers and, whoa, yeah, fix that, fix that. Fix that. Okay. Let's get a couple more beta readers. Okay. Yep. Fix that, fix that. But by the time I got to the end of that process, I was no longer seeing uh, 
change this. You're, you know, this is bad. This needs to be done. I'm finally seeing, oh, here's one small thing. Oh, I love this part. Oh, this is, yeah, you might want to tweak this. And then awesome book. I absolutely loved it. So it's like, I, I saw that progression of tons of work, tons of changes, tons of problems. And then gradually got to, wow, this is really good. Holy cow. This is an awesome book. Can't wait to read the next one. I'm like, all right, now I'm good. Like I've got to that place, but it's basically, you know, crowdsourcing, helping writing my book. And that was my education of all these different authors and editors and, you know, friends and family even that all contributed as part of that. Uh, and then I did copy editing and I did formatting and proofreading at the end. But by that point, the, the story was done. That's what I needed to work on was crafting the story. Um, and it took 18 months, which uh, in some ways can be a long time for a lot of writers. That's actually very short, especially for a first yeah. book. Um, but I spent a ton of time. I, I, it was probably 700 hours, I estimated, uh, that I spent on beginning to end of all the work that I put into it. Um, and then once it finally got to that final draft, I'm like, I'm pumped. Uh, I hired a cover designer, which was probably my, the best decision I made. Like, I absolutely love the covers on both of my books. Uh, and uh, tomorrow, actually, I have an appointment with my designer for book three. So I can't oh. wait to see what that's going to be like. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was, um, uh, it was a lot of work. Uh, I'm glad I did it myself. That's how I learned. And then as I got into Rise of the Shadow, the second book, uh, eight months start to finish. Uh, I had my first draft of Rise of the Shadow was probably more like my fourth or fifth draft of The Last Shadow Night oh, wow. uh, because I learned so much during that. So I'm, I'm writing to begin with in the way that I want it to be rather than all those mistakes that I ended up having to cut and change from the first book. So that was a fun process. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had a lot of really good stuff there that people have not said. <laughs> uh, I like alpha readers. Um, nobody, mm. I, I've never... I've heard of a couple people handing it to, you know, a couple people they know or something like that, but that's actually a really good, uh, I think that's a really great idea, especially if you haven't found your voice yet, um, you know, mm -hmm. a couple of books. So yeah, I like that. And I actually do like, I know a couple of people, they, like Michael R. Fletcher said, he tends to stay away from um, writers for beta reading, but I actually really like that idea. Like, because especially like you said, right? Like if you're really learning from the process, like that could be really helpful. Somebody like him who's mm -hmm. on book 11 probably, you know, has the voice, the tone, things like that. Maybe he's a little bit different. Um, I think it also depends on right. my feedback. I love feedback personally. I, I'd rather just mm -hmm. have your feedback right away and make something better and do it quicker rather than yeah. waste six months on my own. <laughs> rather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, oh man, that's, that's great advice right there. I'm really glad that, I mean, obviously that's working for you. So uh, for that book mm -hmm. one, that's really awesome. Uh, number seven here. So starting with no fan base, that's a great one. How'd you get started having people buy your first book? That's always like one of the hardest things people have talked about. Yeah. So what, so, and that's what one thing that really drew me to, you know, trying to get you on here right away is like, you know, like Mark Timoney has blood of the spear. Um, it's got Felix Ortiz doing the cover. And he said, he's like, man, it's like hard to find people to read. And I'm like, well, look at your book, you know, look at the description. I'm like, everything seems perfect. So I just find it really hmm. interesting, um, you know, how many you sold for, you know, these two books. So yeah, like what yeah. do you do with no fan base and how did you build that? Yeah, um, so that's that's the biggest challenge I found most authors have faced. I, I've gotten to know a ton of authors during this process. Uh, I, I feel, I say easy, but the part that you can control is write a good story, 
have a good cover, write a good blurb. You can do all that, but that doesn't mean you get readers. You put it out on Amazon and you get zero readers because people don't know your book. They don't know that it's out there. Uh, so I worked tirelessly at getting it out in different areas. And I had a dozen different marketing things. Some of them probably didn't pay off. Some of them were great. Uh, but I started probably three months before it published. A big push was reaching out to book bloggers. I contacted probably 120, 130 book bloggers, book reviewers, book Instagram type of reviewers, uh, just offering, hey, free copy. Yeah. And so I, I pitched the book. Hey, this is what the book's about. I see you do a lot of this stuff. You interested? I'd love to send you a free copy. Out of 130 people I contacted, I think I had six that oh, replied wow. back. And that was that was tough. You know, it's like because you're you're nobody. You you have nothing to base it on other than here's my cover, here's the title of my book, and here's me asking you to read a copy. But time is time is valuable to people. They don't want to just read some random thing unless something really draws them in about it. So I had to do a ton of work just to get those six, it may have been seven people who actually read it to review it. But then every one of those was a post on social media, a review on Amazon and Goodreads. Uh, some of them have websites or blogs that they'll, uh, they'll post those on. So that's an additional reach of a few people. Um, I did uh, some Goodreads giveaways, uh, you know, giveaway free copies of, I did one on ebook right before it launched. And then I did a paperback giveaway later on. Cool. Um, I did a couple podcasts. I reached out to a lot of different people of, Hey, I'm writing this book. I'd love to be on your podcast. Most of the time I get crickets in response, you know, every once in a while you get it. Oh, thank you for the offer, but you know, we're going to pass. And again, it's, you're, you're asking people to invest their time in you. And until you have something to hang your hat on something to say, this is my credentials. You're just, you're, you're, you're breathing into the wind and it's, uh, it's very difficult. So I had a lot of rejection on that. But I just kept at it, you know, talking to more and more people. Um, I did a few ads on Amazon, not a ton. Uh, I went through a class, Brian Cohen's class on Amazon. It's a great class on Amazon ads. Um, so I got a few reads from there. Um, I think most of the, that early stuff was just tons and tons of work. Getting out the word, you know, social media. I did a lot of social media connecting on Instagram, on Facebook, mostly Instagram. Um, you know, just putting it out on every post I can to get visibility. A lot of times it takes seeing things. I think people say seven times you need to see something before you really consider buying it. Um, so you get one post here, you get another post here, and you, you finally start to get some traction of, oh, I got this person to read it and they did a post. And so now I got mine and theirs. And um, eventually that just started to, to pick up. And of course I did all my friends and family. So all my regular Facebook contacts and, you know, I would sell probably about, uh, 50 to 60 to oh, old high school friends or old church friends or college friends and family members. Um, and so they would start to do it. But that's that's this initial jump that's inevitable. You know, you're going to sell it to your friends and family, but then it drops down on that, that curve. And then the big question is what happens after that? So for me, I did all this work into pushing it, pushing it, getting all my friends and family to leave reviews and also to share it on their social media. And once it dropped down, like it, it stayed down for about a month. Uh, it was low. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is probably where we're at. And then uh, that, that momentum started to kick up. And I think what ended up happening, it was, it was all that work combined to get just every little bit it could. And then Amazon just kind of did the rest. 
because once you can get a look, you get some reviews, you can get some traffic on it, you get some sales on it and you get good feedback on it. So I think a lot of that is you have to have a good book. You have to have something that's engaging that makes people want to tell their friends about it, makes them want to read the second book. Uh, and then uh, also I dropped the ebook price. I, originally I had it for $9.99. I don't know why I thought I could get people to buy it for that much. Um, the, I dropped it to $3.99 and that's when it really kept, took off. So people started buying the ebook more, Kindle Unlimited. Most of my money comes from reads on Kindle Unlimited. Um, so that's huge. Uh, so all of those just started like every, every week, every month that went up, it was like four months straight of this steady, uh, rise in sales to where, uh, you know, I was selling, um, uh, 60 to 70 a day, either through sales or, uh, reads through Kindle unlimited. Um, but all the time continuing to market every chance I can, every time I can get a post out on social media, every podcast I can get on, um, try, just trying to get the word out. And then what's, what's great is now that I just launched my second book, uh, rise of the shadow, um, I didn't have to do any of that hardly because I had to put so much work into hitting the streets, getting the word out, begging for reviews. Uh, and now that I'm with the second book, I, I put the pre-order out about a month and a half ahead of time. I didn't even, I didn't have a cover when I put the pre-order out there. I didn't even tell anyone it's out there. And then I checked a couple of days later, had hundred pre-orders for it. Oh, that's like, awesome. Holy cow. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> who, who's buying this book? Like I didn't even, yeah, yeah. I didn't even say it was out there. Um, and then, yeah, so I had 1,200 sales by the time I released it. And then the first day, uh, it jumped up to number 700 on Amazon, uh, just from Kindle Unlimited downloads on the first day. That's oh, wow. 711 out of 4 million. Yeah. Uh, and it was number one in its category, number one new release in its category. Wow. Uh, and I, I didn't have to do hardly anything. So it's like I found this sweet spot of you get, you're building a fan base. And I'm trying to capture emails every chance I can for a newsletter. So it's like this dedicated fan base and able to tell them when books come out. And uh, yeah, now I'm, I, a lot of people like to, you know, poo-poo Amazon of uh, being this huge organization, but they are great for authors and they do my work for me of someone's reading books and they like certain things and they say, Oh, I think you might like the last shadow night and they'll, send them an email so my friends said hey i just got this email and they'll say you may enjoy and i'll have my book on there like that's cool i didn't even i didn't have to do that uh so i think that's been a lot of it it took a ton of work to get that momentum going but once the momentum got going it's like they call it the halo effect you know it's, it's out there on amazon and they're doing they're suggesting it all these also bots and you may enjoy and i'm not doing any of that and it's it's really paid off just as continual readership every month. It's been steady. And, and now, of course, I have a huge jump this month and I'm excited to see what it'll be once uh, book three comes out this next summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see that, um, you know, that progression of mm -hmm. yeah, just the sales and just generally, you know, like your experience with, you know, the, you know, the, the release process. Um, mm -hmm. It's super cool. Yeah. And just for the audience, if you know any authors that don't even don't have a product or writing or whatever stage, all right, tell them to contact me, all right, everybody's welcome, especially book one, I'd love to get people on the ground floor, help them out, so send them my way, and I will have them on the podcast, so <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was really trying to tell people recently, like a couple of people who I think are bigger names were like, oh, what's it about, and I'm like, well, we're trying to, you know, just to get fantasy and sci-fi out there, um, particularly books, um, you know, comics, things like that, mm -hmm. and I think a couple of people were kind of like, uh no it's not really a big deal you know that kind of thing 
I'm no Daniel Daniel Green or anything. So nah, we'll wait till later. Uh, but you know, it's funny. So I was like, that's fine. I was like, I have no problem, you know, getting whoever on and you know, and getting them at whatever part of the process because like, you have a very different perspective, I think, than some other people we've had on. Um, so it's always awesome to get you know people at whatever part they are in their process and to kind of you know get a little glimpse in there, um, which I think yeah. is cool. So yeah, really looking forward to seeing you know what happens with this book, you know, since it just released. But definitely excited to see where you're at from this book to book three. I think it'd be really cool yeah. to see that jump. So really look forward to yeah. talking about that whole process. Uh, so cool. what is next for you, Michael Webb? I like that question. What is next for you? <laughs> uh, so um, the, the next thing coming up is audiobook. Uh, oh, I've cool. uh, signed a contract with uh, Podium. Uh, they're producing cool. audiobooks right now, uh, which I'm so pumped about. I have Tim Campbell. He's he's won audio awards Ooh. for audiobook narrating. He is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's recording them right now. Uh, so February 8th, uh, The Last Shadow Night comes out, and then uh, Rise of the Shadow will probably be uh, April, I would guess, and then uh, Shadow of Destiny. It's not, you know, once it comes out, they'll, they'll record that one. Um, so that's coming up soon. And then yeah, the, the third book, Shadow of Destiny, that'll round out the trilogy. Uh, it's currently on Amazon for pre-order uh, August 17th, I think I have. I'm going to try to get it earlier, though. Uh, it'll just depend on how long it takes me to get it all together. Um, so then long term, uh, I've, I've got more in my head. Uh, I want to stay in the Shadow Knights world. Uh, I've got a second trilogy that's going to take place just after, well, not just after, a few years after the current one. Oh, so cool. this trilogy is one big story arc. It's, uh, you know, an epic battle, good versus evil, but it has a, a beginning and an end. And, uh, but then I want another trilogy that's the same character, same setting, just a little bit farther down the road to have a different story arc. And then I'm planning a prequel series uh, called the Shadow Knights Academy. That's going to be like 200 years before. Oh, cool. It covers more like the Shadow Knights and the different adventures and stuff they go on. Uh, so I'm excited. I got lots of plans for it. Uh, my, my hope at some point, I would, you know, it'd be nice to write full time. Uh, right now, I'm just trying to eke every hour that I can into uh, getting getting writing in. But that's tough when you got a uh, other job that you're oh, yeah. uh, dealing with. So, <laughs> but yeah, lots of fun stuff to come. Yeah, that's super cool. I really I, that excites me because I I, I it kind of drives me crazy when somebody has a great trilogy and I read it and then they go off to a different world. Like I'm like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, I actually really like that. Like how you you know how you space that out. So that that's really exciting. I got a lot of Amazon uh, cards coming <laughs> for for Christmas and things, and my wife's gonna get me a yeah. candy for Christmas. So I'm I'm excited to get yours and a bunch of other people we've had on there. So yeah, that's exciting to hear. Yeah, cool. like to keep reading in the same world, especially if it's a world I enjoy. So that uh, that's exciting. Right. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. Uh, and then that last question. So do you have any promos or, you know, anything like that going on? You talked about, you know, uh, current project, obviously, you know, book two's out. Um, you know, where can people find mm -hmm. book two, book one, obviously Amazon, any other places or anything like that? Yep. So uh, Amazon's my main site I sell from. Uh, I have uh, autographed copies on my website. That's oh, cool. michaelwebnovels.com. Uh, also have uh, Shadow Knights merch. Uh, I have t-shirts, hats, uh, beanies, uh, hoodies, um, you know, a lot of different stuff. I had a logo developed, uh, Shadow Knights Academy, as well as uh, it's got, I got this cool logo that's like a Shadow Knights. It's like a SK with the sword. Uh, I have stickers, I have hats. Uh, so a lot of people have been getting for Christmas presents. Oh, cool. You know, readers are like, oh, this is awesome. And it's just, 
you know, it's free publicity for me and, you know, able to, you know, it all goes out online. I don't have to touch it, which is nice. Um, but yeah, so michaelwebnovels.com, you can check out information about my books. You can get merch, you can order books. Uh, you can also get from Amazon. Um, but, but then, uh, yeah, the biggest news I have is the, my new uh, Rise of the Shadow just launched. Uh, and then the audiobook coming out February 8th. So that'll be a whole new market. I know you have yeah, you have yeah. readers and you have audiobook listeners, and uh, this is a whole new market. I'm I'm excited to be able to tap into. So see how that goes. I've, I've had a lot of people that you know I tell them my books out. They're like, oh, is, is it an audiobook? Because that's all I do. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's not yet. But uh, it was fun because they came to me. I wasn't going to do an audiobook, but uh, the last Shadow Night was doing so well that they say, hey, do you, are the rights available? We'd love to talk to you about uh, contracting to have them produce I'm like sure yeah let's talk uh, it just wasn't even on my radar and and i don't know much about how to do that and that's what they do that's you know so podium is a fantastic company for fantasy and sci-fi especially uh they do they do uh, very professional audiobooks so i'm excited it's not going to be me recording it and yeah, kind yeah. of making it sound decent it's going to be an actual uh publishing company that puts it together so it's going to be legit um so yeah i can't wait to, to hear what that final product looks like yeah, yeah. I'm excited. We'll have to have you back in the uh, like around that time, like maybe like early March, because um, I'm trying to have my friend Christopher Brennan come back too. Um, mm -hmm. He's got like the Hellborn King. Uh, I read it. It was awesome. And um, I like, I only listen to audiobooks that I've already read because otherwise I want to read them. I've had experiences in the past. Yeah. I tried to go back and it kind of ruined the experience for me, but I found <laughs> I like it this way. But so I've listened yeah. to his and I'm like, man, man, oh man. And it's funny because he said that he sold and within like, uh, I think it was like a, maybe three weeks, he sold more copies for the audiobook than he did for the actual book. Um, I mean, wow. crazy. It's, it's really crazy to think about. I mean, he's got a great cover, great blurb. Um, you know, it's a great thickness and it just looks great, like mm -hmm. a great product. But to me, yeah, it's, uh, it'd be great to have you guys back and, you know, separately or maybe together yeah. talk about that process. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Because again, like you said, that's a whole different market. And I don't think a lot of people mm -hmm. are talking about it for some reason. So I think that's a great uh, marketing strategy. But cool. Well, Mikey, yep. Michael, we really want to thank you for coming on. Again, mm -hmm. anybody in our audience, you know, if you know anybody, you know, like you have great authors that you're reading, like Michael, and you know, you want them to come on. You have somebody who's like, oh, I got this great product that's about to come out. You know, send them my way. You know, we want people. Everybody's welcome here. Um, if you are into fantasy and sci-fi, obviously. Um, thank you, everybody, again, for coming on to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. Again, you can find this video on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're redoing the website right now. So uh, in about two weeks, uh, about a week after this uh, episode is published, uh, you'll be able to go on and find everything on the website. Uh, and obviously the audio is going to be on Spotify RSS feed. And I uh, do want to just tell everybody right now that we are actually trying to get an Apple podcast as well. Um, so that's going to be something we work on. So hopefully by the time uh, we get this one aired for Michael and you guys, uh, we'll already be on Apple Podcasts. Uh, really excited about that. Uh, feel free to reach us at scholars of UMA, that's UMA at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or Michael, uh, we'd love to give those comments and, you know, like, hey, we really liked your book, you know, things like that. We'll send those to Michael, uh, any other author that's been on. Uh, if you guys have any questions to ask Michael or future guests, send those to us. Any pictures, videos that are fantasy or sci fi related, we'd love to post those on the website and our little social media. Michael, again, thank you so much. Good luck with book two. I'm really looking forward to Thanks. seeing you climb i hope you reach you know even greater success <laughs> than book one and you know good luck with book three and again love to have you on you know uh for either you know the audible or podium you know the audiobook or you know um book three in the spring help you with those promotion sales and stuff like that so 
Awesome. Thanks for having me, Daniel. It's been yeah, great. Of course, of course. I'll see you on social media, my friend. You have a good rest of the day and enjoy your weekend, okay? Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.